Welcome to No Compromises, a peek into the mind of two old web devs who have seen some things. This is Joel. And this is Aaron. I've seen a common pattern when I help other developers or kind of see questions going back and forth in Slack. And a lot of times a developer will feel stuck or frustrated. And it's not so much the problem they're working on, but what I observe is it's maybe um, a lack of how the thing actually works under the hood, so to speak. And it can cause all sorts of frustration. They're chasing down things that aren't related to the problem. They don't even necessarily know like the right term to search on to address what they're facing. And a, an approach I use, and I know this isn't something I invented or unique to me, but it's just to have this, this idea of like a clear mental model of how something works. Mm -hmm. And it gives me a huge benefit approaching it, especially when I run into a problem. Is that, is that a, an approach you use at all, Aaron? When you say mental model, what does that mean? Okay. So for me, a mental model is not a necessarily like overly technical explanation of how something works, but it's just kind of like a clear high level picture of like, well, what are the pieces? How do they fit together? And it's some level of technical interaction, you know, if we're, if we're talking about code. And so just having like a clear idea of how this thing was built and is designed to be used and the ways it can fail, that mental model, even though it's not uh, super technical, it's a very high level, serves me well. Like, is that okay? That makes sense. Type of mental model you think about, or do you do you think of it a different way? No, I think about it uh, same way. I just wasn't sure. Everyone has different method or um, words that they use for their methodologies. <laughs> so I need a mental model to describe the mental model to you. Yeah, I call it my sailboat. Can you elaborate on that? Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just a random non sequitur. Okay. Let me give an example. Let's make it a little more concrete. So Git version control, you know, it's one of these things that I would venture to say most developers interact with on a daily basis. And we have some level of familiarity with how it works. We have mental models, most likely about like, what does it mean to stage something versus commit it? to push it and so forth. But there's other things that are a little more of a black box. Uh, for example, I see some people get very confused on like what is a rebase versus a merge. And like the point of me bringing up this example is not to uh, give a Git lesson, but as an illustration of like where a mental model can really help you. With, with, the, with this idea of rebase versus merge, the, the basic, mental model I have is well, I have two branches and I want them to become one happy branch together. So I have two choices on how to do that. I could rebase or I could merge. And um, the reason, so, so let, me, let me just uh, throw one other thing out there. I've heard some people say, well, never rebase. And that becomes gospel and maybe they got burned. But here again, like without understanding what rebase is and why you might use it and what it's actually doing, then you just become scared of this thing. And, and while it may not be the thing your team does a lot, like not having a clear mental model of what it is can limit you and cause you to get confused if you ever run into a situation where you do need it. So one of the things that I'm very passionate about is saying that you're responsible for understanding your mental model. 
Now, when you talk about Git, you know, rebase versus merge, I think it's almost criminal as developers if you choose one or the other and you don't necessarily understand why you've chosen that. <laughs> okay. So I think one thing, like obviously, like you said, not a Git lesson here, but maybe you can describe a little bit on how you might formulate a mental model hmm. around how do I choose merge versus how do I choose rebase? Okay. Git is actually a really nice thing to form a mental model around because it can actually be drawn out on paper with lines and graphs and nodes and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. But since we're in a audio medium, I won't have that luxury. But the, the way I think of it is, and, and I'll back up slightly just to kind of give a, a concrete scenario of when I might make a choice. So let's say I'm working in a feature branch and I've been working on this feature branch much longer than I would like. Maybe it's been days, maybe it's been over a week. And meanwhile, the team is cranking away, doing things in, in the main branch. So I wanna bring that work in. Now I have a choice. I could simply merge that work into my branch or I could rebase it. And here again, people have very strong opinions on why to choose one versus the other. But when I think about it, the mental model is, well, where do I want my teammates work to fit? Do I want it to be as if my work started after their work and I'm, I'm putting my work on top of what their current work is? Or do I just want to merge it in and uh, have a complete picture? So when it is time to, to return my feature branch to them, it's not horribly out of date. So the mental model for me is sort of like, where does my work go? Does it go kind of in the middle of everything that everyone else has been doing? Or does it get done at the end? So you're saying that there's more than just the mechanics of how this works. There's the rationale of what I want the end result to be. Yes. Not, not if it's difficult or if it's easier or harder to do a particular type of technical process, but what do I really want as an outcome? Yeah, that, that's a good way of, of addressing it. So I, I know developers like rules, like we always do this, but here's an example where there's not a clear rule that you can always follow. Since our, our audience is maybe people familiar with Laravel and PHP, I will uh, give a PHP specific example. So let's say I've installed a package in my feature branch, which has modified my composer.json, my composer.lock file. Well, my teammates have also installed a package. Merging that is a little bit of a nightmare. Like if I was really to try to do that, there's no clear way to merge the lock file. Right? I'd have to merge maybe the, the JSON file and then do a reinstall and be careful to not update things that I didn't intend to. But here's an, here's an example where I might reach for rebase because I play my stuff to the end. I basically blow away my package commit, but I can just install it again and it's at the end and there's no, no harm done, no conflicts, no inadvertent packages updated. So maybe other people have different ways of dealing with that situation, but that's the situation where my mental model says like, oh, this is gonna be a lot less frustrating if I do it as a rebase versus a merge. Other cases, I might just merge it in. It doesn't really matter. I just wanna get their work uh, merged in with mine. So I wanna make sure that we don't um, go too far down the rabbit hole on, on Git. What are some other examples of mental models and how you might apply them to your programming career? I was helping a developer friend out on a Slack channel the other day, and there was some frustration about something not working the way it was expected. And what we traced it back to was 
part of the work he was expecting to be done was being done in a queue. And for reasons we won't go into, um, local development was actually using a real queue from Redis and not like the sync queue that we might normally want to use. And so it's a common mistake. In fact, I was able to help him because I had made that similar mistake earlier in the week. And so I could help him get to a solution. But I've seen things like this where uh, maybe we push something to production. And then after the deploy happened, we changed something in the environment and then forgot to restart the queue worker. Or, or it goes the other direction where out of superstition, we always restart the queue worker when something doesn't happen. So like for me, that's, that's to, to boil it down to a concrete example is like, well, how does the environment and the configuration relate to a queue worker and the need to restart it? Like without understanding what's happening there, you can just kind of operate out of superstition or habit without really knowing what's happening. So what it sounds like you're saying is part of the mental model processes is continuing to define what things mean and why they happen, not just what is the step yeah. I take to get to, you know, from A to B. Right. Because if, I, if I'm listening to what you said and, and the Git example, yeah, we can do these mechanically, but what is it that we want to have happen? Mm -hmm. Same thing with, with this is yeah, when we push something to a queue and then we want to maybe, why would we ever restart a queue? I guess is, is the question. Mm -hmm. um, and, and to be able to understand that, you can kind of shape a model better and understand why you might make decision one versus decision two. Yeah, it definitely helps guide decisions. I think it also just really helps avoid frustration. Like we've all had that situation where something isn't working and we waste hours on something that really wasn't related. And so that's kind of where these mental models help out. I can rule out a whole class of things to, to test and, and try to debug if I, if I know what's, what's actually happening and I have a, a clear picture of that in my mind. And we're lucky really, because we're working in open source yep. Laravel, <laughs> yep. that we can actually look at what's happening and follow it through. Yeah. There's, uh, you know, there's a lot of really interesting architectural choices inside of Laravel. Uh, and when you work with them, they shouldn't be a complete black box. You can understand when you get started, um, maybe this is how I get from step A to step B, but as you work through it, like you said, understanding a little bit more will flesh out that whole mental model for you of how this process works. And so you can make better decisions, not just that only that one that worked that one time. Yeah. And, and I, that, that's a good point about the source being available because sometimes that's how I will form a mental model is like, I won't really know what's going on. And the documentation generally explains how things work, but not necessarily why or how, how things fit together. And so I, I'll dive into the source code figure it out, kind of sketch it out. And then that's, that's where these mental models come from is understanding it at the deep level so that I can kind of pull it back and have a higher level version in my mind to aid me day to day. Cause I'm not going to remember the specific implementation details of all aspects of the Laravel framework, but if I just have the big picture in mind and I kind of know how things work together, that's, that's really what I need for my day to day work. I'll tell you what I struggle with the most, more than anything else in this entire world, because I can't relate to it. I don't know what to say, and it always comes off weird. And I think you can help me. Okay. Is when, when someone shows me a picture of their baby. Oh, boy. What am I supposed to say? So far, I've been saying, nice baby. 
which doesn't necessarily get the right results. What do you say when you see a picture of a baby and you're not, what are you supposed to do? I am not the right person to ask about this, despite having (laughs) many of my own babies, because I, I really don't, here's what I don't like. I don't go on Instagram a lot, but when I do, it's like too many pictures of people's kids. And I'm going to throw this out there and their pets. You know what? Could we throw pets into the, the same boat with this? Or do you know how to respond if somebody says, hey, look at my cat? Well, no, because um, it's not so weird. Like if okay. someone says, look at, my, look at my dog, they're like, oh, that's a nice dog. Okay, that's a good that, boy. That, that, yeah, that, that makes sense. Wait a when second. When you say, oh, look, 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 at, look at my baby. Oh, that's a nice baby. No, what? no, I figured it out. What are you, what are you a robot? <laughs> Aaron, you, same answer you'd say if they showed you a cute dog. That's a good boy. When they say, look at my baby. Oh, what a good boy. I don't think that that no. is all the would right answer. More, <laughs> would that be more creepy? Um, yeah. And then what if it's ugly? Well, it, it always is. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, look at, look, at my, look at my beautiful baby. That is a baby. No, I'll, I'll qualify that. But like, if it's like a brand new baby, right? Like this yeah. baby was just born in the last few hours. Like most of them look kind of weird. Like all oh my kids. Yeah, they, they all look like Wal- uh, Walter Matthau. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, you could say, you could think of a celebrity that their baby looks like. You know what? Oh, that baby really looks a lot like Cher. Oh, that baby looks a lot like Shrek. <laughs> Shrek would be even better. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's, um, you know, I guess it would depend on how well you know this person and their sense of humor. But generally, I think a, a polite acknowledgement is probably the right answer for that situation. I, I, I know that sounds like you answered, but I feel like you didn't. Mm. Because here is the problem. You know how I speak and, and how my cadence is. So pretend you, sh- you showed me a picture of your baby. Okay. What are the words I'm supposed to say? I'm a programmer. Spell it out for me. Step one, line 10, go to 20. There's no one true answer here, Aaron. Just don't be creepy. That's, that's my advice. That's what I'm asking for help. Because I say, that's a nice baby. And people are like, why are you going to make it weird? I'm like, what am I? What, what, what was what, the tone of voice when you said, ooh, that's a nice baby? Or is it just, oh, that's a nice baby? I say that I don't know if I have a tone. I just say okay. that's a nice baby. All right. Uh, they're like, oh, look at my baby. I'm like, nice baby. <laughs> like, that's weird. Like, well, what am I supposed to say? No one can seem to answer this. No. Everyone tells me I'm weird, but then yeah. they, won't, they won't help me. Yeah. No, you have to figure like, this oh, out you're, on your own. you're drowning, but I'm not going to throw you a life jacket. Mm-hmm. Ha- have some other, like, odd picture to share back with them. And then it'll be like nobody knows what to say to the other person. And the conversation will just move on to another topic. Okay, okay. I'm following your advice. So mm-hmm. they, you pull a picture of baby, yeah. and you're like, "Oh, look at my baby!" And I, and I then silently open up my phone and show yeah. them a picture of a dog, and I say nothing. No, no. You say, "Oh, nice baby. Look at my dog." You've immediately shifted the burden onto them. They don't have time to react to the, the potential weirdness of nice baby because oh. now they're trying to think, well, "What do I say about his dog?" And everybody knows what to say about a dog problem solved. oh and then they'll say oh nice dog and i'll yeah. be like yep wasn't weird yep problem solved well thanks for your help joe you're welcome now instead of just ignoring that one block of code hoping it works and praying for the best maybe it's time to form a mental model we can help contact us for a free consultation on our website nocompromises.io